Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sam Dever Podcast, episode 54. In this episode, I speak with my good friend, Orhun Timor. Orhun is an incredible comedian, director, actor, and this is his second appearance on the Sam Dever Podcast. He did not disappoint. I laughed. I cried. He took me all over the emotional spectrum, <laughs> mainly laughing, crying from laughing. <laughs> and he did not disappoint. He's always a great conversation. I know a lot of people were asking me when this one was coming out because they wanted to hear what he had to say. Orhun is a character, and I mean that in the greatest of ways. And the book of the episode is going to be The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. It's not what you think. It's not a book to go out and try to manipulate people and get you into relationships with them, but it's more about the psychology behind uh, courting people and uh, that process of building attraction. And he uses Robert Greene uses a lot of historical examples of different seduction techniques and situations. And I just thought it was a fascinating read. He's a really good writer and uh, if you want to just get a little more perspective from a psychological standpoint on seduction, The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. And if you want to listen to this podcast, be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to watch, subscribe at our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast. Here's my conversation with Orhun. We're already doing it. It's, uh, we're already kind of doing it. So uh, I thought there'd be fireworks. <laughs> we started. Orhun Timor, welcome again to the Sam Dever podcast. Yeah, thank you, thank you, man. This is well. I want to know what that book is now because now I was going to save that, uh, but now it's a Turkish book. Okay, uh, it's about. Uh, it's called the Institute of Fixing Watches, and it's an allegory about. Turkish living in huh. uh, in the turn of the century, but not this century, the last one. Uh, it's I don't know. It's like pretty symbolic and like mm. kind of like has a lot of philosophical uh, elements to it. But um, I can't get into it because I don't have free time. Like I want to finish a book in a week or less, but I'm halfway done. It's been a month since I started reading it. Is that in Turkish? Is that oh, yeah, yeah. It's not just Turkish. It's like old Turkish. So, like, there's a lot of Arabic and Farsi words in it. What's so... What What? What, what do you like most about it? Like, why is it... Oh, so like, the way it's written. Just the like way it's how, written. How it can stay... Like, because the narrator is the character in it, the main character. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, how it can stay very personal with the way it's told, mm. but but through other people be philosophical, but it's not, hey, I'm being smart right in your face. It's more like you read it and you're yeah. like, oh, that was smart accidentally, but it's not accidental. It's just- I know what you mean. Like, cause yeah, I've read those books before where they're like, I'm just like, you're overdoing it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, no one can even read this. <laughs> it's like- It's because he yeah. suffered, mm. the writer. See, mm. we have Turkish writers now that are like teaching in big schools and oh, look at me, I'm fancy and like, I'm like, cool, but like, and your books are great. Like when I read them, I'm like, ah, mm. that's why when they translate to other languages, it's good because people are reading about the Turkish culture, mm. but Turkish people don't connect to them. Same with some artsy fartsy movie makers in Turkey too. It's like, they're trying to make French movies in Turkish language so that the Europeans can go to them. And then, uh, but it doesn't connect with Turkish people because like this one movie I watch is taking place in a rural area and everybody's like, just nice. 
and speaking perfect Turkish. I'm like, no, those people there are like pretty terrible sometimes. And if you don't show that, you dehumanize them. Mm. See, people just want to act like everybody's loving and understanding each other and holding hands in the mountainside, but <laughs> it's so, not like that. So is there really a Turkish film scene at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a big one. There's a I, big know, one? I know some people, like, there's some comedies being made. There's some oh, okay. great stuff being made. Okay. It's just I start with people I hate first. <laughs> That's what I think about at night. Well, when you were on stage the other night at the uh, Haha Comedy Club, what was yeah. the line you had about your taste? You got to remind me. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you basically said uh, something along the lines like people like went to Turkey. Oh, it was so great. This, that, and the other. But you're like... You didn't understand what people were saying or oh, yeah, finish yeah, it for yeah, me, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I do it differently every time, but it's because yeah. basically it's because they can't speak Turkish. So the guy just like was like, oh, my God, he's so hospitable. It's like, but I mean, he was either trying to have sex with you or take your money. But <laughs> <laughs> sure. Is it really like uh, that over there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's the <laughs> thing. It's not like that where they're like predators and right, then right, they're right. like trying to connive you. No, they're friendly and predatory at the same time. <laughs> See, that's what people don't understand. Like, it's hugging. Same guy who saved you from <laughs> a bunch of hoodlums and maybe became your friend and you'll Facebook message him forever. He also like, you know, jerked off to you like <laughs> later that day. Like he did. And that doesn't make him any less, you know, uh, his brother's keeper or, whatever, or the shepherd of lost souls, you know? I'm probably going to be laughing throughout this entire... No, that's... Uh, so, you didn't, you went back there somewhat recently, right? Within a year? Oh, like, didn't you go back a, yeah, for like May, a few May, weeks? May, yeah, yeah. May. I what was that like going back home? Oh, uh, I, I loved it. It was great. But I also realized... See, I go back there to realize, oh, I can't have a life here. Mm. Like, I want to go back. I want to create art there. I want mm. people to be like, oh, Orhun is back from America. Let's give him opportunities. But then when you actually go there, you're like, oh, thank God for that green card. Because <laughs> <laughs> that I got off the lottery. Like, cause Oh, yeah, you told that one on the last I'm podcast. I'm a citizen now. Like, I can't even go to Turkey and come back. And it'll still be intact. Wow. There was a time when I was like, okay, you got the green card, but you got to stay in America for five years, kid. But now I'm like, I can live in Turkey for 20 years and then come back and I'll still be an eagle boy, you know? <laughs> so are you, are you officially a U.S. citizen now? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very much so, yeah. So you have like dual citizenship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you told that story on the first, I think maybe, I don't know if you we said it on the podcast or not about how you got that green card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the lottery. And it was like crazy. I like, mean, we probably did. There's refresh not, my memory. There's, like, not, there's not a whole lot of interesting stuff about me, <laughs> so I probably mentioned it. But uh, yeah, like I uh, was having like a terrible time because I was going to get the boot. I had just sank $10,000 into a short film and my main actor turned out to be a pedophile. <laughs> That's the thing. He turned out to be like, uh, not like pedophile, but like whatever people who like 16 year olds. So, that would still but, be a pedophile. No, 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 but it's the other, like there's a term. Okay. Uh, it's a I don't know why we're defending pedophiles. Whatever. He's, a, he's a child. He was a child, man. But anyway, <laughs> But you know what's crazy thing is about being a filmmaker is it's like the guy's a pervert, but like I hate him for ruining my film. Like, <laughs> how can he do that to my cinema? So he ruined your movie. Yeah. Okay. So okay, your movie's ruined. 
you lost 10 grand and you're about to get kicked out of America? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, not really. I had one more year in America, okay. but I was like, because my first two years, I was like, oh, like, I'm going to soon make such a film that people are going to be like, <laughs> oh, no, we didn't realize you had such cinema in you. Here's all the visas and women. <laughs> but uh, it's like a third year, I was like, oh, there's no genius here. Like, I reached that realization. And so uh, I, uh, yeah, I was like very sad because, uh, but then, yeah, I was not sleeping. Mm -hmm. I had just uh, lost my money on something that would never get me anywhere. And I was really sad. And so because I wasn't sleeping and I was, you know, smoking a lot mm -hmm. of stuff. What was I not smoking those days? But uh, then like, I was hallucinating one day and in the hallucination, my mother told me, hey, check that green card thing. Because it was May 1st mm -hmm. going to May 2nd. And the day to check was May 1st. But May 2nd morning at like 8 a.m., I just woke up from this half hallucination thing where I was floating on air. By the way, I don't do, I didn't do like hard drugs because sometimes people float in air because of heroin. Or PCP my, or something. My, like mine it. was because of not sleeping. Okay. I, was, I was doing cigarettes and weed. But so I was floating on air and my brother yelled at me as a blur. To this day, I don't remember what he yelled at me. Like that's the two times in my life I hallucinated was that day and then two days ago. I don't know where. where? I don't know where. Two days ago I hallucinated and I'm squeaky sober. I don't even drink coffee anymore just from no sleep. And that's the thing, that day I was in my room and my brother yelled at me, right? Like in the whole station, I was still in my room. I just saw Two stuff. days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The Years first ago. One. Yeah, yeah. That was like <clears throat> augmented reality. This one was like something else because I put my head on the pillow. I did this. And for 10 seconds, three Asian dudes were kidnapping me in a underground passage lit with candlelight. And then I opened my eyes and I was back. Wait, what? I, I can't explain Wait, this it. happened two days two ago. Two days ago. So, so what, do you think there was meaning behind that? There's no meaning. I just need to sleep. <laughs> Why aren't you sleeping? Because I was working as a background actor and they were paying me well and I was editing. Because uh -huh. you know how I have a new thing where I have to make videos. I had to post videos every day because I was very afraid of posting mm -hmm. videos for years. Mm -hmm. And now I'm posting videos every day because I do nothing in moderation. Mm -hmm. I just... I don't do anything or I'm like every day, every day, you know? So, but anyway, so I, 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 my hallucination, I checked the thing. And at the time I believed in God. So I attributed to him. Um, so I checked it and it said, congratulations, you won the green card. And I was like, oh. wow. I went up, I was living in a mansion with seven Indian dudes. I went up the stairs and I kicked them awake. Like that's how it's like, because when you're in Turkey, like when you're from Turkey and you have close friends and you are celebrating, you want to hit them. I don't know how to explain this, <laughs> but when you're really happy where you can't control it, you have to hurt your friends like a little bit. Like not like I didn't really kick them that hard, but I had like, I kicked my friend Tushar away. He's to this day, one of my closest friends. And like, I told them I had a green card and some of them had to go back to their country. So I was a little bit bragging and rubbing it in, but I didn't like that. I was so childish and they were so happy for me. See, mm. that's the difference between them and me because they were happy for me. And 
I would be happy for them too, but I would be a little bit jealous. And they didn't have a hint of that because mm. they were better people than me. But anyway, so that's how I stayed. And uh, a bunch of people who deserved it and did a lot with their lives and did all the right things. And, you know, um, then one of them actually, he had to go back home and he just got killed. Oh, my God. Well, or died. Like, they don't know still. Like recently or back then? Back then. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, not not one of my, those Indian guys. Just a different guy who was in film school who was foreign. Oh. He was found in a river. And they're speculating why it is, but... Yeah. Wow. So, picking out, I'm just curious. You mentioned uh, you believed in God at the time. I shouldn't have mentioned that right in the middle of you laughing. Know. That's like I, that's oh. one of those things oh, where right. I do where yeah. I like. Yeah. In my mind, there's almost no distinction between laughing and other type of stories. Like I'll just say something because to me, I'm just telling the truth. Mm. The only difference is when I'm like saying something funny my body automatically smiles a little bit mischievously so that you know i'm joking <laughs> but anyway but like we can keep laughing i'm not trying to bring the mood down i just let's with you it's hard not to laugh just to be honest with you like yeah uh, no i know I, and that's why you're a comedian like, <laughs> that's you're true. good at it you're great at it well thank you i i hope i can do it uh, till i die but it's so hard to do it. Like, it's hard to, like, it's easy to do. Like, going on stage and making people laugh, oh, my God, that's a breeze. But actually getting stage time, it requires so much going to people and saying, hey, can we be friends? And it's like, I love it because it got me to networking and mm -hmm. meeting people and making different type of people laugh. It helped my comedy. But there's a part of me that's like, if I'm too social, if I'm too ass-kissy, then it'll kill a part of me that's funny because there's a part of me that's like, yeah, like I used to spend so many hours a day alone. Now I'm like rarely alone. And I like being alone mm. a little bit, you know? I like being lonely even. Is that crazy? What do you like about being lonely? Like the fact that I feel like almost like very miserable and empty and jealous of other people. And that makes me hug myself more. So is it fair to say you love yourself? Yeah, uh, you know, I do. It's important. Like it's yeah, a really not, good not quality. Always, not, I don't always love my life, but I really love myself, unfortunately. Yeah. It's sometimes too much. It, it sickens me. <laughs> the thoughts I have, like I'll just randomly think about myself and start crying with joy. Like it's so sad, dude. I, I, I know it sounds weird. <laughs> But it's actually sickening to me too. Can you like, give me an example cause, cause, of that? Like literally, I'll think about myself going to like a party and saying something funny and people will laugh at me. I'll think oh, it didn't even happen yet. <laughs> and then I'll be in the kitchen thinking about this. And if I didn't sleep eight, nine hours, like if I'm especially on six, seven hours, I'll start crying. Be like, I'm glad I'm me. You know? I think that's an amazing quality to have though. I don't know. Sometimes you know, within I, obviously there's maybe can go too far to some extremes, but I mean, a lot of people don't love themselves, man. So that's good that you love yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe is it a defense mechanism? Like, hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to, I think I'm just ashamed to say it on a podcast. That's hmm. all that's happening. Well, like we were, you, Eric, I do love that, myself. Yeah. It's just hard to admit it. 
And you know, <laughs> like, no, I think it's a great thing. I mean, like you, as long as you're not don't enable other, me, man. As long as you're not harming other people with it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, Eric. And See, I were that's talking, yeah. yeah, that's my narcissism, though. I won't harm my other people because, like, I don't, I don't care about them. No. <laughs> but go ahead. It's a paradox. Um, like we were all talking, you, Eric, and I before we started rolling. Like, you're what makes you so great on stage? You know, in my opinion, you're authentic. Yeah. One of a kind, like you, you own yourself up there. Yeah. And what you say is what you say, whether it gets applause and laugh or if it's crickets. Like oh, yeah, you, yeah. When I started, you own whatever you say up there. I started loving my comedy when I stopped like saying, oh, should I say this? Is it funny? Because I realized when I think it's funny, it's sometimes funny. But when I think I'm like ashamed of it a little bit, I'm like, oh, that's going to be hilarious probably. <laughs> and I say it and it works like so often now. Mm. Where I'm like, I write comedy still, but it helps to know that if this doesn't work, I will put it, like, I will throw it to trash and I'll do it, whatever the moment tells me to do. Mm. But that actually makes the material funnier too, because you relax. Ultimately, people want to see people who don't give a fuck, I think, you know? Like... Because we go to our jobs, we listen to people who are like, oh, it's, uh, we can't, uh, oh, those reports, uh, you know, but like, that's why people don't want to see comedians who are like, contrived and, I don't know. Watered down, holding back. Yeah. Like, politically correct. Yeah. Like, yeah, let me pay $20 and uh, get a bunch of drinks for, to see people who care about my feelings. Go to a therapist then, you know. Mm. My biggest problem is people who are just gimmicky. I'm like, eh, let's not even talk about that. If I start talking about comedians I hate, I'm going to be shunned because <laughs> I'm going to be specific. <laughs> are you okay. going to be kicked out of LA? Dude, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, I, you think I love comedy, right? Yeah. I love my comedy and I love a few people's comedy, like, not few, like, if you look at the whole picture, I love hundreds of people. But most comedy, I'm just like, this is just a waste of everybody's time. But that's the thing. I think that. Mm -hmm. I also understood that, too. That's because I think that. Someone might look at that and be like, that's better than your comedy. So I learned to accept that, too. That's what they need to get on with their day. I love people who... Like, sometimes I'll meet people that when I come to my show, I'm like, hey, I'm a little out there. You might hate it. And I explain to them what it is or show them a clip. And they're like, oh, I love that. And I'm like, oh, I can provide them. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can bring that. If you like, like, borderline insanity, like, yeah, I, I do it daily. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, from our last podcast, because since the last podcast, I think you might have just started to maybe start hosting those outdoor shows. A oh couple my years god, ago. man! Life so is so me, strange. Take me through that journey of because you've put in a ton of work. It's crazy. You that have it's put in only a been lot a of work. year. Well, we did the podcast two years ago. No, no, no. But oh, years since you started doing the the shows and stuff. Yeah, like okay, a little longer than a year. But that's the crazy part, man. Like. I say sometimes to myself, I've been working so hard at comedy, blah, blah, blah. The real truth is I've been really doing the real work and really... Like before that, I was doing it regularly, kind of. I was doing shows, but 
I've really been hustling it for not longer than two years. And mm. everything I've achieved, I've achieved in that time. So it's like, you could almost learn how to work in your own way. And that's like, the, that's the journey it's been like. I went from, I, I used to be like kind of go to on stage and sort of confront the audience or say stuff that offends them or do shock comedy. I did my stuff too, but mm -hmm. there was a lot of wrapped into that angry persona because I was getting laughs like that, right? But because I was getting laughs, I thought it was good comedy, but it wasn't. I was just funny. It was almost funny despite what I was doing. Mm. Like my comedy was killing how funny I was. I could have been, you know? But then because I started producing shows, I started inviting friends and something in your mind, because I always kept it real. Like I attacked people because before that, because I was angry at them. It's almost like they would like look at me like, are oh, you weird Turkish guy? And the minute I was angry, it was authentic. I was like, you know, getting them, right? Mm -hmm. But when people started coming to see me and they're like applauding no matter what I do, I was like, oh, the anger is fake now. Mm. And it immediately stopped. Mm. Because I never like, I don't like fake. I like the moment, whatever is going on with me in the moment, right? So I started tapping into that and like, just doing stuff and then softening it and softening it. And then the more people loved and cheered and did all that stuff and laughing at everything. Like when people laugh at you for 15 minutes, it pretty much like softens you because you're like, these people came to see me, they paid money. I'm doing good. Mm -hmm. So like you still talk about, you still do your angry bits, but it's almost like they're not angry anymore. Mm -hmm. They're angry on their side. And then that made me realize something more profound. That made me realize that it's the truth that matters. It, see, you're either funny or you're not. And your jokes are going to make you funny. You're sure, write them. But it's at the end of the day, if you actually think you're funny, you should just say those truths that you don't even tell yourself when you're sitting on a toilet bowl, you know, Spilling your guts. <laughs> Literally. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then in your mind, there comes a thought. And it's like, I used to have thoughts like that, where it was like, oh, like this girl uh, broke out with me. And there was two gay guys there. So I didn't become jealous because it was a gay couple that was there. Like I had a joke like that where, because my girlfriend broke up with me mm -hmm. when there was a gay couple there, sort of a heterosexual couple, I didn't get jealous because even though they were happy, they were, it was a different category of happy, right? I would not do this joke because in my mind it used to be, that's not funny or, oh, that's homophobic. But see, more and more I started realizing that you got to say what you think about it, mm. where you're like, what your little stupid mind says about it, which is, oh, then they're gay, so I'll let them be happy. That's what my mind would tell me. And when I say it on stage, exactly like that, it becomes funny because of the moment, not because it's well-written. See, I don't like written stuff because then it's predictable.
Mm. You know? Anyway, but. Yeah, and you know, it's, as you were talking, and this is me, I'm randomly pulling this this out. You told me one time, I don't know how long ago this was, but you were doing comedy on stage. I don't know if it was politically charged or what it was, but you said these girls came up to you afterwards and started like yelling at you and pointing at you. And dude, ever since you said this line that you said like, fuck you, I'm just trying to fuck you. <laughs> Something like, do you remember that at all? Like not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, you got, you got really like, they just like, were going like, how dare you say that? How dare you do this? And you're just like, fuck you. I'm just trying to fuck you. And like, you just kept walking. So you don't remember that. And I remember <laughs> this one time, these girls complained about me to this open mic mm. and my own friends who loved me. They're like, dude, you're amazing. All day they were like, and then they told me I can't come back for a while. And I spoke to those girls like recently, one by one. And they said, oh, we didn't have a problem with that. Hmm. So who do you believe? What happened really? Did one of them complain and the other ones were just sucking up to her? To this day, I don't know. But all those people turned because see, I see they interrupted me and started heckling me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I went hard on them, right? And people were laughing when I went hard on them. So I went harder and harder and harder, right? And people were laughing. Today, I would have found a way to include them too. Mm. Found a way. Like, for example, I don't remember. Like, this is not the same occasion. It's probably a different occasion. But, like, instead of saying, uh, fuck you, I'm trying to fuck you, I would have been like, I would have, like, smiled and been like, hey, um, so you guys, I, I don't have a shot, huh? <laughs> like, like humanize myself, right? A bit. Like a little bit, like, hey, like I'm the. So I guess we're not going out on that date, her. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, something like where I'm yeah. like, that's the thing. The moment would tell me because the moment all I have to do is explain specifically what I'm feeling. So, so basically, you're, what I'm gathering here, you're to a point now where you're free up there. Like you, yeah, you can anger, just let anger it go. used to yeah. be real because. It would come to my mind, but that was my only selection sometimes because I was like, but now my mind gives me five different options of funny and I can choose whichever one. Like, you know what I mean? I, you know, there's a guy that I don't particularly like him, but he once told me, he said, find a way to bring you into it. Mm. Like, like you're punching down on people, but like punch down on yourself at the same time. That. I, that's not what I do, but it almost helped me at a period. Like, it's so crazy. Like, big comedians influenced me to start, right? But it's the little ones that told me that one thing one night. Mm. That just... That little nugget everything. of information. Yeah. And that's the thing. I do better than some of them now. I do better than a lot of them now. But it's like, they don't know, like, the effect they had on me. And that's thing, they're comedians. If I tell them, they'll be like, Ugh. <laughs> they're not emotionally available people. See, that's one thing that I have that I also book other people who have is I like people who are emotionally available and open. Mm. People who are not like playing gimmicks. Like, mm. But I used to be playing gimmicks, like not that long ago. It's, I think I realized my uh, hypocrisy mm. is that the things I hated about other comics was things I had. 
Like, you know, everything I hate about other people, I hated them myself in a way, somehow. I got a qu question for you. So, again, I'm just an outsider watching the community, but is it a, like a balance? There seems like there is support. You guys do support each other, but at the same time, is there a lot of competition? We don't support each other. We understand each other. Uh, we support in the sense that we give each other stage time, but even that always has... Like, the city is not good for that. That's why I'm trying to move sometimes or, like, at least go out a lot because there's a lot of people that want to support me and then there's a lot of people I want to support, but I can't because... It's almost like I look at the lineup I'm booking, but I'm thinking about a lot of stuff where I'm like, okay, how many people are going to come mm -hmm. to that show? Or are they producing a show? Are they working really hard? Because sometimes it'll annoy me that somebody's like doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I have this other guy. I know thousands now. I know so many comics, man. It's insane. You know? Just so many of them to choose from. Not thousands, maybe, but like maybe a thousand. And at least a few hundred of them I shared something with. So it's like there's there's people that I was booking my first time I started producing shows, but now I can't book them like as much because I'm like, I don't know, I don't think they did the work. I don't think they care enough. I don't think they are really my friend. Mm. You know, it's so complicated though. It... At the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself because even your friends, like if you're stronger, you can help your friends better, you know? Mm. Like I have, you know, my friend Shay, right? That I produced with. Yeah, that last show. See, that's a, that's a top, top level friend because that guy booked me when nobody else was. He seen me do stuff where I get booed. And he said, I don't give a fuck if they booed you. Come back next week. He had that. And that's why when he's doing something new, I'll support him. When he needs my help, I'll support him. You know? If I ever become big, he's going to be right next to me. You know? Mm. Slightly below. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's a, that's a joke. I Like, I did this joke about him. Like, he one day told me, man, you got to be less arrogant or not tell people that you're arrogant. Like, And then I get on stage and he said, he's the humblest man, blah, 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 just for a laugh. I went up there and I said, he scolded me for five minutes about being arrogant. And I told the audience all detail and they're laughing and he's laughing too. I go on stage and I talk about how I hate that he has more sex than me. I talk about how one day, <laughs> like he works for someone, but one day he's going to be my boy. And then like people, like he laughed at it. And I thought like, I was talking about how I'm going to go make him pick up a female comedian, but I'm going to fly her in. I'm going to do power struggles on him. And I'll tell these fantasies, which are weird shit that I have in my mind. Like, that's like there's a part of me that's that crazy, but it's not real, you know? But it is, like, it is real, but it's not me. Yeah. Like, I would never, like, he's, like, my actual friend, you know? Yeah. But he'll laugh at that. And that's even more important than booking me, is that he loves me for who I am and not, what I can be or what I do or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it's and again, I, I still think comedy's the most difficult art form because there's an expected result. You know, it's like acting and yeah. music. Like some people will laugh, some people will cry, uh, but with comedy, it's like comedy. <laughs> you want people to laugh, 
Dude, that's the crazy yeah. thing. Like, the hard part is not making people laugh. That part was never hard for me. Like, even when I like, I was shitty at comedy my first four years. Now I'm realizing. At the time, I thought I was good, but <laughs> my first four years, I was not good. <laughs> but I was getting laughs mm -hmm. like all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes really big laughs. And it's like, and now I'm like getting doing that consistently, but still not resulting in easy stage time. I'm still struggling to get a lot of stage time. I'm doing way better than a lot of people and what I was doing a year ago. But it's like, that's the part I don't understand how like some people who are not doing as well can work more consistently. It's the business side. That's the hardest thing. It breaks my back. But the actual getting up on stage, connecting with people, making them laugh, like, I never worry about that. Like, That's interesting. So it's really, I mean, you're really all fighting for this stage time. Yeah. Yeah, because now, now that you just can't go up there and go on for 45. I mean, if you do your own show, I guess you could, but. Yeah, but even then. A lot of the, I mean, this most, last show most, we most at, I've done is 30. Um, 30 minutes? I was good. Hmm. But see, if I did. I did 30 minutes. The last time I did it was like four or five months ago. If I could do 30 minutes consistently since then and now, I'd be doing it comfortably now. That's what kills me mm -hmm. is that did I just waste six months of my life not doing like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If somebody gave me the opportunity, I could rise. But like, it's almost, that's the, that's the part that's hard. We're going to bed thinking, am I killing something so dear to me hmm. but there's also the other part where you're working so hard and caring so much and suffering and not getting it it's almost like makes your mind mold into this person like if you were getting it easily you wouldn't be as funny hmm. so there's a balance to it but that's why i'm working like crazy so that when the right person sees me or when the right time comes and I'm in the right circle, uh, I can be undeniable, hmm. you know? And all I want is stage time. See, I used to want to be like big, like I want to do this, big shows and people. I, I've, I've given up on that because I almost don't want that anymore a little bit because like then people analyze all your jokes. Like I post something every day. I posted a video about the difference between American uh, history and Turkish history. It's just a dumb joke. It basically says everybody who owns great land has done horrible things to get it, which is true. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And this one guy, like, it's the, the title was Middle Eastern History versus American History. This one guy wrote to me in anger saying, we didn't do anything and you guys are still fighting each other. Blah, 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 blah. Just, I'm like, first of all, you're dead. Second of all, Yes, we are. <laughs> Third of all, I don't care. I don't judge anything. It's this is a joke. I explained him the joke. He didn't answer because they don't love intelligence. They, intelligence is like kryptonite to them. Uh, also, maybe he has other things to do. Maybe he's hating other people. <laughs> maybe I'm not the only person he hates. I'm not special. But that's what I don't understand. It's like, but if you're big, like how many times could that happen? Mm. Oh. I think Joe Rogan said he doesn't even read comments at all. He's like, don't ever read Twitter replies or Instagram comments because you'll get sucked in. My brother says always answer for now because it'll get the algorithm Building loyal fans, yeah. It'll get the yeah. algorithm to love you. That's and true. You're engaging. Activity. But, 
I don't even know. That could be a psychological mind trip too. If I can get to a place in five to 10 years where I'm performing regularly, different cities, and I'm making a living, not even a living, if I'm making like enough where I have to only have a part-time job sometimes or gigs, and then I do comedy with it, and I'm barely getting by, I'm good. Mm. I'll live like that till I die, you know? Like I don't want things anymore, you know? I want, you know, love me or hate me, but let me tell you, like all the women I date, they like me for who I am because there's nothing else to like. There's no prospects. There's no nice apartments. Mm. There's no nice cars. They like the essence of you, the core. Why do they? I don't know. Beats me, but they do. (laughs) They must, because if you remove all the other explanations... It must be true. I got to bring up something else you told me the past year. <laughs> Tell me. As we transition. Yeah, yeah. You we did the us. serious part, okay? Now yeah, let's Yeah, we all... got the comedy. No, no, but it, it, rapping, like, honestly, man, I'm proud of you for what you've done with your comedy. You're out there constantly. We still hustling. have time, yes? Oh, yeah, we got some time. Okay, okay, because yeah. there's other stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got yeah. a little too serious there. <laughs> no, but I think it's, I mean, I mean, look, man, you you give it your all. You give it your all. Like whether yeah. in this city, that's what I respect to so many people, whether you're an actor, a comedian, and you're also a filmmaker, we can talk about that later too, but. Uh, <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, no, man, I'm really, and then watching you on stage the other night, man, down at the Ha Ha Comedy Club, like it really was, it was really cool just to see your evolution. Like you're Thank so you. comfortable up there. Your opening line, uh, uh, how did you say it? You're like, I had to break up with my girlfriend because she dumped me. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious, man. Like, You know, it's again, it's real. You know why it's real? See, it sounds like a... But my friend told me, say it, like put it online yeah. so that people can steal it from you. But see, that's the thing. Maybe that's not the reason it works. Maybe it works because I'm like, I broke out my girlfriend recently because she dumped me. You know, it's the pause and they're expecting and then people have that second to think about it but in my mind why it works in my mind which is a stupid mind (laughs) i don't know what why why i'm funny at all but in my mind it works because of the moment when she was breaking up with me where (laughs) my mind was breaking up with her like i was saying stuff like oh yeah i'm on board with this too like this was This was also my idea too, but I wasn't going to bring it up at all. Like, like, (laughs) you know, like, Oh, thank God. She was the one that got the ball rolling. But, but it's not actually true. Like, it's more like, like it's my dignity saying, Oh yeah, we're here now. You know, like (laughs) quick, you can still save face. (laughs) You can't break up with me. I break up with you. Like, yeah, you said something to me once and I'm paraphrasing you. You said, (laughs) I can, I could never respect, sorry, I could never respect a woman who accepts the version of me now, who accepts the version of me now. Do you remember saying that? On stage? You said it to me in conversation. Oh, I, I this had, was a while I, back. I had, a, I had a similar joke where, okay. I had a similar joke where I went, I wouldn't want to be with someone forever who would think of yeah. me Yes. As a good match right now. <laughs> yes, that was it. Like someone who looks at me and says, yeah, I'll give my best egg years to this man. So could you could yeah. you elaborate on that? Explain that? Well, that... I think you bring up... But that, that, that phase of my life has passed because mm-hmm. now I think I'm a... Uh, I offer a lot to a woman and I... Mm. Uh, 
I'm a good boyfriend, but like I real I looked at myself and I said, I don't bring that much to the table mm. I, at that at the moment. And I said, anybody who settles me for for me right now, they have bad judgment, and I don't want someone with bad judgment to raise my kids. But mm. this is a genuine thought I had. See, it's all my jokes are almost. I have a genuine thought, and my first opinion of this thought is, that's really smart. Like that's like philosophical. But then the more I say it to myself, I said, no, nah, it's stupid. And then it's a joke. <laughs> but I, on stage, I say it philosophically in my mind. See, again, my comedy has so much me fooling myself into thinking this is funny. Sorry, thinking this is smart. And that's why it's funny because I used to genuinely think I was smart. And when I gave that up... <laughs> That's when comedy started, when I realized <laughs> all these thoughts are very deep, yeah. but none of them are smart or like... <laughs> I'm a comedian. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I have hours and hours of thoughts, mm. but I'm not a thinker because these don't help anybody's life be better. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. And again, I, I didn't say that comment to put you down. I th I said it because I thought there's a lot of. I wish you said it to put me down. But listen, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, applaud you because I think you're right. That doesn't apply to you now. Not, not saying it applied to you then, but it's like one thing that you though, got. Man. But one thing you got. I'm telling you right now, man. I was good that, looking, but I wasn't a good person. I don't, but whatever, go ahead. But one thing that no matter how much money a dude has or anyone has that, that you have found your purpose. Oh, yeah, And yeah. you live it 110%, man. And I'm telling you, you can't buy that. Dude, that's the Money thing. will come and go. I used like, to do comedy. It yeah. wasn't like that. That like I used to be like, oh, I found my calling. No, no, I hadn't. Because I was doing comedy, not my comedy. See, now I do my comedy. And that's the real thing. You found yourself, man. See, a lot of people yeah. doing comedy get bitter. I was talking to someone earlier about this. A lot of people who do comedy... Like they get bitter after a while because they don't get successful. Even if they get successful, it's because deep down they know they're not being themselves and they can never be. They've cornered themselves into a corner. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I. Same with the acting. I'm business. romantic about my comedy. Like I think about being a complete failure at age 60. Like I think about like. <laughs> Like, I'll never do it because I love myself too much. But I think about romantically about committing suicide because my comedy is not being understood. That's how much I love it. Like, I want to go down with my ship, like, you know, like drown with it and then be born again or something. Like the Titanic where the uh, guys stay and play yeah. the music. They, 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 know, they know they're not getting off. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you mean that as a joke, of course. No. <laughs> no, no I, I mean that as a joke only because I know when I say it, you're going to laugh. But I it's not cried. a joke. I seriously, in my kitchen, walking around, <laughs> fantasize about, oh, wouldn't that be cool if I like didn't do anything with my life, but I still kept my comedy. But then one very sad day, like when my dick stopped working, I just blew my brains. And everybody said, oh, look, he died with his comedy. Like, this is like a, like, when I'm saying this, it's not sad. Like, when I'm thinking about this, it's like, oh, that's delicious. You're like Van Gogh or something, because I, chopping your ear off. No, no, the ear. reason, yeah, exactly. But the reason is not because I'm going to actually do it. I love myself too much. Right. But I love myself so much, 
even thinking about committing suicide is happy. Do you understand? Because me doing it. <laughs> Does that make sense? See, this is why it's madness. This is why you shouldn't egg me towards narcissism too much. Because it's not relatable to anybody. <laughs> you, you, you. Yeah, of course we. Uh, Let's get I, out I, of here. I, I, Let's I, get I, out of this. Yeah. So speaking of film, uh, <laughs> uh, you said something interesting before we started. You said you wish you never would have went. And dude, by the way, man, the last film you made. Uh, shout out to uh, Courtney Radke and Kamitra Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That film was phenomenal. Honestly, dude, that's the best film I've ever seen from you. Like, I, I don't it's like... It's the only one that's personal. That's the thing. Like, I, had, you, I made films for 10 grand, 20 grand. 20 grand one was good. 10 grand one was pedophile. But, <laughs> but this is what? Shoestring budget? You just went out and shot it. $400, it cost dude, me. It, like, it's personal. It's not even great technically that much, but... Yeah. I cleaned it enough and I shot it well enough a little bit. It's the best. It's the best film I've seen from you. Like, because just it's not only what. Thank you. The acting was phenomenal. Both the women did spectacular. But dude, it's the way you wrote it, the way it was portrayed, the oh, little no. like narrations. I'm like, dude, this is actually pretty genius. Like, that's, it was what so been, real. that's what I've been doing on that film, yeah. and since that film is, I've been writing it, but then not letting them do the script. See, sometimes people want to do the script. I almost don't let them. Like, they did a lot of work just by themselves on it, which is what I kind of wanted. But they even went further. There's this one rehearsal thing where they were like, don't come. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it when it's not in my control. Because then the film is making itself instead of me making it because I'm a limited little fool, you know. But... See, they, like then, but then on set, they were trying to do certain lines and I would keep changing that on them, keep changing it on them. But now I do that even more. Like I wrote a script I sent to this girl earlier. She has never worked with me. Soon she's going to realize that script. I tried to write to her an explanation. Read the script, learn the beats, but we're not almost going to do none of these lines. Mm. And I didn't write an ending because I'm going to decide on the ending depends on how the day goes. Mm. Like I'm doing these things. Nobody taught it to me. And that's why I was, I was telling you earlier, going to film school killed the fucking lion in me that just wants to take people who are like, hey, I want to show up and do predictable things. Just like eat them and then regurgitate them into something else. Like not really eat them. Like you understand. Like, I, I know what you mean. I'm just, I'm, I'm very emotional. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> Let's not say the mental illness <laughs> i don't have mental illness that's a crazy thing like you'd think i would but i don't this isn't just be normal and sober how it is, is it being sober uh you know there's a part of me that's like i wish i was sober my whole life but there's mm -hmm. a part of me i was like oh no 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 i had to first love being sober that's a powerful statement right yeah there, i have to first yeah. like, be like i have to first yeah be in love with my own craziness but how do i get to that like it i don't regret anything you know but see now those films are like i show up to every film set with like where i'm like this could be utter shit and that's the reason why it's good mm. these days and film school kills that because film school teaches you how to make films like they almost want to push you towards success but you don't make great work. You make good work learning how to do stuff. 
But you don't make great work that way. You make great work by failing. And when you take your failures away or you cushion them, you're, you know, you're just more of the same. Mm. Look at it. There used to be four film schools of the best people coming mm. out of there were the dropouts. Now there's 77 billion film schools. Mm. <laughs> Exaggerating, but there's, dude, everywhere is a film school. Right now we're in North Hollywood. Mm -hmm. We can walk to a film school. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it is, but if I Google film school, there's one in walking distance. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. This is North Hollywood, so this is yeah. a big example, but it's the same in Alaska almost. Like it's everywhere. And look at the films being made. Mm -hmm. It's just this, yeah, let's make it technically perfect. And see, that's why your film's so good. The last, what's the name of it, by the way? Last date. Which one? Last, the one with. Because uh, I made more films after Cordy that. And not Camitria, that level. The yeah, one with yeah. Uh, last date. What was so good about that? And look, it was shot well, but yeah, it was just you doing it. You so couldn't predict. It's not going to be the a technical quote unquote like the highest end everything, but dude, what the essence of what you did there? I'm like, dude. You could have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar budget, give it to someone. They could not do what you did, guaranteed. A lot of people could not do what you did with that. Like it, 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 it hit different, man. It, it was a real. I was well, very but, impressed. But, but it was good. that film almost couldn't be made for a hundred thousand. Like that film could be made only if you had millions of dollars or four hundred dollars. Right. There's you know no why? in between. You know why? It's because if you had $100,000 and you're on a tight budget and you got the permits and all these crew people, you got to wait on that. You can't just be like, say this line. Like, I'm in the car with them. Otherwise, I'd just be in the video village trying to, but I can't just tell them a line. Like, we created moment-to-moment -moment reality. Never in that film where you know what they're going to say next. Because also, you know what that... The films I used to make were all, this is a film I'm making. This is the film. This is the, this kind of film. It's like this film, or it's like this film. Like it's similar to something. It has a plan. That film was just like, a girl dumped me. Here it is on screen. But then it took a life of its own. So it's not the exact same because, you know, I'm being played by a, black lesbian and I'm not a black lesbian you know but that's the beauty of using I mean that's the beauty but of she's art. me right yeah like one of the like the other actress uh the white one said to me he said I now know what it would be like to date you and I hate it <laughs> <laughs> I was like then I have created the reality <laughs> wow so for filmmaking is it just good I mean is that I mean obviously comedy you're going full speed ahead but I mean you're a very talented filmmaker. So is that something you just want to do when you feel like it pretty much? Like when you feel the need to make a film? Hmm? Like for your filmmaking, do you just, are you just going to do it when you want to do it type of thing? Whereas your oh, comedy. Oh, now I do it all the time. Okay. Well, you're, you're using it for your comedy because you're making yeah, short I just, films. Yeah, it's just, your... I'm not making 15 minute films anymore unless gotcha. I have another idea that fuels me. Gotcha. I'm trying to write features. Maybe I'll sell one. But other than that, I'm making five minutes or shorter just because I want to turn them around more. See, when you take a whole few months to make one film, it's not worth it. Fail faster, fail faster, faster, faster. You know? Mm, yeah, you do put, so is that the key just to, 
execute, get it done, move on to the next thing as yeah. soon as possible. Because all I am doing is creating moment-to-moment reality with some funny, some reality, some emotional depth, but like I'm not trying to add those. I used to want to add moments. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I already have something in my mind. I blow it up to film. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, if I, I'll, I, this is the first time I'm learning to direct actors where I'm like, mm-hmm. if a moment doesn't work, I don't go, oh, well, I just go, oh, I know how to fix that. And it's because I just, I'm making so many of them and whichever one hits me really hard, maybe I'll make a longer one or not. I, mm-hmm. I think comedy helps like i said because i'm so passionate about it and i know how to create comedic moments because i'm doing stand-up a lot that fueled my passion for film but like i have so many different ideas and whichever one comes i'll do that and i won't get tied up to so many and and i'm writing so many i'm Mm. writing one tonight actually like i have it planned Mm. uh you know i wrote one like i wrote so many last week but like they were sketches though they're not Mm. real films but i wrote one for nick but I didn't write it. Nick was back from Italy. and Shout out to Nick Osborne. Yeah, yeah. Great actor. But that's the thing. I know he's a great actor. Like, and I, that's the thing. You guys know him as a great actor too. But I know just how great he is. Mm. Because I spent a lot of time with him. Yeah, you guys are close. Like, that guy is not even touching how great he can be right now. That's how great he is, I think. I have a really high opinion of him. So anyway, I show up to his fucking house. Well, he is touching it. I, I shouldn't say that. He is touching how great he can be. He's doing like a lot of great work, but I'm saying like what he's going to be in my mind. Like if he gets opportunity, especially like that guy has no limit to like, like he gets better You're Scorsese, and better. he's your De Niro. I'm not Scorsese, but if I was, he would definitely be De Niro, but he'll, he'll be someone else's De Niro. Hopefully. Well, you're Kubrick. Remember? You love yeah, Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm Kubrick. He's, uh, you know, um, Nicole Kidman. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But uh, Kubrick doesn't have a actor like that. He's, uh, he always uses different cast pretty much, right? Yeah. Now that I think about it. I, I like that too, actually. But like Nick is one of those people that I... Uh, there's something about him. But anyway. He's, so, he's got a good like energy and presence. He's got a good look. Yeah, let uh, him talk about himself when he comes. Yeah, well, but he already he, came, but he'll he'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, you're great. We love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's what I was telling about him. I show up to his house uh-huh. with only the idea of, hey, there's a water shortage. You're coming to my house to buy a gallon of crystal gazer water. And it's like a drug deal, mm-hmm. right? No ending, no lines, nothing. I tell him, say this, we did it again. Say this, we did it again. I just wrote to Lance, and the end, towards the end, I was like, oh, that'd be funny if you killed me. And then we chose the scene where he strangled me. We just did all that. In two, three hours, we were supposed to hang out. But I was like, I was such in a production mood that even like he's one of my best friends. But even then, I was like, okay, I'm going to go spend four hours there. How can I make this productive? So I went with that. He didn't want to shoot. I forced him. <laughs> I forced him. But towards the end, he was liking it. And like the next day, he was like, hey, when are you going to finish? <laughs> like act actors. Yeah. But because he did great. 
He did so good because I gave him something to play with and I told him the lines, but I didn't have to write it. I didn't have to write the ending. And that's what I love now. It's because we didn't think we went. Sometimes when you think you kill it or you try to do it right, dude, we don't have the budget to do it perfectly anyway. Mm. Just go, go, go and discover yourself. You know, we spend so much money on these equipments and they make the DP look good. Why don't you make yourself look good and mm. learn how to direct? Mm. Tell yourself. Cre- cre- See, that's the thing, man. You get good at DPing by using fancy cameras, but you get good at directing by making cheap films. But nothing by you and an actor. That's what I want. I don't want to be... I loved cameras. I love still. I tell the shot what the shot should be, how it should be framed. I love that. But beyond that, I never want to be in the video village. I want to just walk to an actor, eyeball to eyeball, watch him or Mm -hmm. her, and then just mold the scene. And I hate writing a script and then we have to stick to it right it's like no i wrote it It it's an outline it was written by an idiot like who's you know what Mm -hmm. do i know yeah like me and kamitria shot some of those things where we i was like okay do this but like we let it linger and i chose the best parts that film made me realize that i don't want to have a plan i don't want to have big budget like that you know i do want to one day but cinema might be dead anyway might as well make stuff i love mm. turn them around fast and you know i used to make short films 50 people would watch them on youtube sometimes i'd have a screening now i've reached thousands of people with online stuff and mm-hmm. are they watching it or are they just you know i don't know but yeah, it'll get better and better. And I maybe it doesn't, but it's okay. See, yeah. that's the beauty of comedy is I'll live and die with comedy, you know? Mm. So film is just a little extra thing that I love. But if it never becomes big, if it's always like at this right. level, a few right. hundred dollars a movie, right? you know, some people don't even get to do that. It's true. It's true. And, um, there is one topic, you brought it up early in the conversation. You can talk about it or not talk about it. Um, you mentioned at the time of your green card lottery, you believed in God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you not believe in God now? Oh, I don't, or, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I... Are you an atheist? Or yeah, you, yeah, yeah, You are. Interesting. Um, what made you... Think that. What, what made you go from believing in God to becoming an atheist? Oh, it's not even believing in God. I just one day realized that I never really believed in God. I just believed in the morals instilled on me by my mother. And that I was just afraid, you know, to say to myself because, you know, it's crazy. I never thought about this, but... I used to think God was out there looking out for me, going to give me everything great and all that stuff. And maybe I was a spoiled kid who was like, I didn't get what I wanted. But that's not when I lost God. Like, no, not lost God, but like when I realized I don't believe in him. It's because I think I never believed in him, but I was afraid to say it because I had told myself this lie that all the great things in my life was given to me by God. That I, I was thinking, oh, will I be ungrateful if I become an atheist but then i realized it's not about that and it's like 
this is what it is, right? Like what we're living through is, it's what it is. And we create words like God and other concepts to deal with and communicate with each other and deal with this world. But there's words. It's not that there is no God. It's just that even the words, there's no God is not real. You understand? It's like, it's just so we can communicate. There's nothing but just this. And because we have learned to think in words, we've limited ourselves to a very limited living. But we are what the universe, like we're like flowers with legs. Like this is what the universe is growing in this spot, like a flower, but instead we're walking. So that's what I, it's so hard to explain what I think because it's not like a philosophy I read or something I can quote. I just, understand even beyond myself like all my sadness i know beyond all my sadness i'm not really sad i'm just pretending to be sad so i can manifest myself fully and live a full life but there's no reason for sadness actually there's like it's just a feeling it's just like happiness it's actually the same parts of your body working that's the crazy part hmm. but it happiness and sadness it's just stories we tell each other and ourselves so we can feel things. We're almost all masochistic in a way. But beyond that, there's just, you know, we're the world's heartbeat kind of thing. But I'm not explaining anything well, but like I said, it's nothing something to explain. See, that's what religion is. The religion is attempt to explain things. Mm. And there's other philosophies, like people like Alan Watts, who I love reading that. Watts is great, yeah. But the reason I love him is because he realizes it's all, this is all our words explain this stuff, but it's, there's a reality beyond that. That's just a vibration. Like life is just a vibration, you know, all these words and concepts we create are because of other things, like, because we're limited as human beings, you know, like, for example, uh, a lot of the reasons why we love tools and gadgets comes from the fact that we're weak and we couldn't survive amongst other animals who are much better than us. So we had to come up with tools and that's why we are in love with anything that's new, like inherently, for example. It's not this, or like, that's why we are obsessed with sex is because we need to make more of ourselves so we can live like, and also that's why we love invading places. Like, we think of aliens, or oh, they're going to come invade us, but that's not how aliens think, probably. That's how we think, because we survived through invading because the animals were stronger than us, and they probably limited us to certain parts of the world, and now we want to be everywhere. So it all comes from insecurity like that. And God is a concept we created because we want to be it. We want to have control over other men and everything. And I think people used to understand that a little bit more way back in the day. They understood that this guy's a symbol, it's a me, or that, that. But then they made it more like, oh, it's this guy now. And they made it a way to rule other people. It's almost like all these stories we're telling ourselves are just, that's why things, sometimes those religious books seem to explain future things because we never really changed just because we have iPhones, you know? 
No, I see what you're saying. Um, uh, do you? Because I did go around a little bit. No, 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 no. I, I guess my, my follow-up question would be, so do you believe, okay, so like the actual God that religion and man has come up with, you may not believe in that, but do you believe in any type of spiritual force or presence or creation beyond that? Whether it's the universe, whether it's some other realm. See, that's what, um, I'm, tr that's what I'm trying to say uh, is... I guess I'm asking, is it more agnostic where you don't know? Or is it like, no, this is it? See, again, for me, just the word spirit and agnostic are just, again, just words. They're sounds. They don't explain anything that's actually real. Do you understand? They're just like, like the word fire is not like this. And then it's just a word, fire. But it's not this. This is different. I see. Yeah. It's it's like that almost. I just believe. That's why it's hard to explain what I believe in because what I believe in is just this. See, anything added to it just tries to mold it in some way. But it's actually just this. It is what it is. It is. Like, it doesn't require, a, oh, why, who created it, though? But that's a way of thinking that is only valuable to our limited mind, who created it. Because we create things. We call it create. But then, you know what I mean? Mm. But it's, that's not how it is. It's like, I believe in a way that because energy is not lost in the universe, that we're going to live the same thing over and over again, in a way. Mm. But it's not an over and over again thing. It's more like a, time doesn't actually flow, but our brain only perceives it as flowing. And that's why life seems to be flowing forward when it's actually just stable kind of thing with a different mm. wavelengths kind of. Mm. It's hard to explain what I believe in. That's what I'm saying is because words are very limiting. Mm. And I just, I don't know, uh, one day I just sort of started understanding it. And when I understood it, it's like weightless. It doesn't, it's not a type of understanding where you can explain it to people. And I definitely don't want to explain it to people. You know why? The problem with explaining it to people is because then it becomes a, oh, come join me. There's nothing to join. Right. You're already doing it. Like the, that's the crazy thing. What I believe in, the most religious guy in a mountain somewhere believes too. It's just he wants to do the religious part. He's playing that part where he wants to play this fancy and do this, do that. But deep down, even he knows it's bullshit. But he, has learned to forget it. I remember it every now and then, but it's gone. And then I worry about dumb shit like, hey, why aren't people watching my videos? That's what I like. But, you know, if I didn't have believe in what I believe in, I'd lose my mind. You know? Because that's where when things get too much, I go to the Oh, that's what's real. But that guy in the mountain, he's stronger than me in a way because he can like manifest an entire fantasy and hurt people and himself, but then be totally okay with it. You know? See, all right. Now I think I know what the book of the episode might be. Uh, the Myth of Syphysis. Have you read it at all by Albert Camus? Oh, no. It's one of the toughest books I've ever read in my life. But basically... But I read Camus. I read uh, Plague and uh, yeah. Happy Death and um, yeah. Stranger. 
right? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. He wrote a lot of stuff, but um, he, which by the way, I must note, the writing back then is way better than what it is now. Oh, let's not even compare. Because someone, someone made the point to me. I don't know if it was you or someone I was talking to where when people wrote books back then, they were actually writing for the art of it, for to, to express themselves, to communicate. Now people write books for money. <laughs> so nothing wrong with it. I, Can I be honest with you? Sure. My opinion of that changed. Uh, what changed? Dostoevsky died in 1881. Mm -hmm. To me, he's the greatest writer of all time. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about and him. And he wrote for money. He was dying and he had gambling debt. And he had to like sell a book in two, three weeks or he's going to die. And like before that, he was exiled, almost died. But he had to call a family member's politician friend to come from. Like he was almost saved because of nepotism. Holy. Like, yeah. dude, these guys aren't these great super beings that like, it's just. The only thing they had is they had real lives. I think that's the only difference. Mm. Is that and they they didn't know what was out there, or they didn't have this collective thinking. Like now we all have a weird collective thinking. They just all they had was themselves, and that's why their things had a lot of humanness in it. And when you get really personal. That's the crazy thing about art. When it gets extremely personal, it also becomes becomes extremely universal. Hmm. Like, you know, but maybe these guys, these days guys, like because when Dostoevsky was writing, he wasn't Dostoevsky. He became Dostoevsky after he died. True. That's a good point. Maybe yeah, no, you alive. make a good point. Maybe they're just alive. <laughs> well, my point about... Uh... Camus and the myth of Sisyphus. Really, it's about does life have meaning? There's no meaning. It's all, and I've gotten in conversations with people this before, but I, I'm pretty much you make your meaning. Oh yeah, that's what is that I, pretty much that you reminded me of that when you say. Oh, that's exactly what I think too. Yeah, you like uh, Michael Malice. I watched on a podcast said he said life's like a blank canvas, and you get to paint it whatever you want. Pretty but again, yeah. to my point, those are just words. Life doesn't have meaning. It's because meaning is a word. Why would life have meaning anyway? Mm. It's just things happening, people living and dying. Why would you? Why? Like, it's so narcissistic to assume it should have meaning. Even you don't bring it meaning. You just fool yourself to thinking you become being your meaning. I make sounds with my mouth because of thoughts I have in my mind randomly. And people laugh. And tomorrow they might stop. That's the only reality. <laughs> Tomorrow they might think, stop thinking I'm funny. When I thought I was losing my mind in Santa Barbara and I called 911 on myself and I went to the hospital, I cried and begged the security guy to talk to me for 10 minutes to test if I can still be funny. And when I was, I said, oh, okay. You know? Is that your identity? That's what you identify with? or that's No, that's, no that's, that's the thing. Is that is my identity? Is it my meaning of life? No, it's just... The only thing I care about. It's as simple as that. So I that's care your, about that. So that's your meaning. Is it? What is but, meaning? I mean, that's what you care so much about. I mean, I, I don't know. I know you But again, meaning words. is just a word. It's that's They're the all thing. just words. <laughs> it's all I care about. That's what I'm going to do. Not because it's leading somewhere. Not because I must have meaning. Because meaning almost still invites the whole world to your life. Hey, I have a meaning. Now look. I, look at my meaning I, I now. see what... Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying fuck yeah. everyone. I... 
want you to laugh at me right now. That's but see, you're not, and that's hurting me. But see, you know, <laughs> see, you, but, but you know, but you know what? But that's the thing. That's what makes you laugh because it's the truth. But you know why I say it? It's because, like, when I say it, it almost like. See, there's no other words to explain it. It makes me feel like but see, life but has meaning. You wanting me to laugh, but you wanting me to laugh. That's involving me, though. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> exactly. It's. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a rabbit hole. We could go down that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just thing. thinking about something. Now I'm realizing I was wrong. So is it fair to say in Santa Barbara, you got clarity on what means, whatever word you want to use, what is most important to you in life? Is that fair to say? Making people laugh. That uh, gave you clarity? Uh, that's all you cared about in that moment? No, no, honestly, in Santa Barbara, I realized <laughs> if I don't lose my mind, I will never complain about anything again. Unless on stage, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like to myself, I said, and I think since I got out of there, my depression has been gone hmm. because I got so deep into depression. And for two hours, like I thought I was losing my mind and I would never be back. When I really believed that fully for two hours, when I got out of it, yeah, I still have little problems. Today I had so many problems. I was trying to, I'm dealing with some healthcare issues. Mm. Medi-Cal says you can't have covered California now because it's, Medi-Cal wants me, but I'm like, I have make too much money. They're like, prove it. I'm like, shut the f It's a mess. And I'm doing that. And I want to like eat my computer desk, but but in the grand it, scheme of no, it. No, no, no. But that's the thing. It used to be, I'd be like, calm down, calm down. Now I don't even have to calm myself down. I'm like, just laugh. Because I'm like, who cares? I can call people, say words, and have a coherent conversation. That's all that matters to me. Like that experience almost ruined misery for me. Like I can never be too miserable again. So it was a good thing overall. It's a good thing. But like, again... Whenever I, I still let myself be that miserable, but there's a part of me that goes, I'm doing this for my own fun. I'm miserable recreationally, yeah. not medicinally anymore. <laughs> From someone that's had their own mind uh, altering experiences and losing your mind, like the one thing you learn is it makes you appreciate reality. For me, it did. It's like, wow, reality's actually pretty good. <laughs> It's great. So like exactly what you said, like, oh man, these things that I thought were such big deals and I'm freaking out. It's nothing. And look, honestly, my leg injury did that for me. All these things that I thought were terrible things, when yeah. you, you know, that gave me perspective of like, oh, dude, that's, that's nothing. So I remind myself of that. Even when I find myself in the chaos of work or just life, it's like, I, I just take myself, oh yeah, it can get really bad. <laughs> this is, this is nothing yeah. right now. I had a soccer injury, couldn't walk for a few days. That's right, I'm you like, did. How are you feeling, by the way? Better, much better. better. Much I didn't even have to get surgery. But you were worried there in the beginning, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you if you have crutches. To... And I still got them if you need them, yeah. I don't, but like just the fact that I asked for them is just tells you all about me. Just You got to take me with a grain of salt. But I can walk now. Like. Walking and thinking was so important to me. Mm. But when it was taken away, I was like, oh, man, one day I'm not going to be able to walk. Like, yeah, I'm going to walk, like, as far as, like, like mm. 
Well, um, this this uh, obviously I could talk to you for five. I could talk to you forever, man. Like this is. Is there anything else you want to get into while we're on the podcast here for this round? Let's talk about love. Oh, you want to hit love for a little bit? Yeah. Then we'll wrap it up. Um, well, let me ask you, what's what's love to you? <laughs> what type of love are we talking? Are we talking about love for human beings or like love like romantically? You know what? The distinction is getting smaller every time because love used to be something where I'm like, I want a girlfriend so she can be my girlfriend and so I can look normal to the world. Now it's not like that. Now I'm like, I just want someone by my side that's my friend. Mm. Like friendship and and see, I used to know that was the right way to think, but it was fake. Now I'm like, I've dated enough people. I've had enough sex. I, you know, well, I want more. <laughs> but uh i think yeah like maybe maybe it's sad maybe my sexuality is dying and i'm not a horny man anymore but but i am though i just i don't know i met someone for example last week that i like talking to her is so easy mm. and that's all i want once or twice a week go out with someone where i'm like a child with her mm-hmm. And she's a child with me. And we're weird and the world looks at us like weird. And I go, I don't give a fuck about you guys because I'm weird with this person. Mm -hmm. See, but it's due to the fact that I learned to be weird by myself and not giving a fuck by myself. I almost had me here. And now I'm going to put a vagina on her. (laughs) I'm joking, but like, as in like now, the fact that I can have me here means I can have a woman here now or something. Well, yeah, it's funny we're talking about this because you actually said something to me. I'll never forget this, what you said to me, because I have my own two cents to throw on this topic. Yeah. You told me once, we uh, I was over uh, doing that voiceover stuff for that one film you did. Whenever you say, I'm going to quote you on something, I'm like, oh boy, what did I say? Because <laughs> I today posted a video of me explaining what love is, like from a year ago, uh-huh. which I still believe this in a way, if you look yeah. at it very cynically. Yeah. I go, love starts by you saying, oh my God, she's one of a kind, and ends with you saying, fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, well, dude, I had this talk with a friend, like, dude, it... it and I mean this with all due respect to all the relationships and all the men and women, but like, you don't think logically in certain. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. No, okay. no, 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 but it's no, true it, too. It can, it can really and look. That's the beautiful part about it. But then you also have to kind of take the balloon and bring it back down a little bit. I know. But what I was going to say is, you told me you were editing something. You looked at me and you're like, "If it," I'm paraphrasing you. I don't know exactly what you said, but it was the concept of you're like, man. If it wasn't for my desire to be with all these women, you and I would be talking on a yacht right now. And I know what you meant by it. You mean your focus would be insane. But I, I, well, I've been as guilty as anyone over the years of my focus. I have focus, that focus now. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like <clears throat> sex, as beautiful and as great as it can be with the right person. It, if that's all you want to do, fine but dude you're never gonna get other stuff done <laughs> like it's like by the way you and i are friends because of yeah. an ex-girlfriend so you, we would not be on a yacht having any conversation 
I'd be on a yacht alone. <laughs> so it's like, I guess my point is, it's like, it's a, it's a fine line and a balance of wanting to find that person and have those moments with, but also being able to remain on your purpose. Yeah. And do what makes you you. Like you said, you had to become a weirdo on your own. That brings you the right woman. Yeah, because you're going to attract someone that gets it. Yeah. And you are you. You are authentically you. And, you, oh. and you're going to be comfortable being you. You're not trying to be anyone else. Because in, in, whether it's relationships or business or friendships, if you're putting on a front and you're not who you are, I don't care how long you think you can put on that. It will eventually crumble. Yeah. Sooner or later, it's going to crumble. So, Can I tell you something interesting? Yeah. yeah. I used to like think this like that. Oh, the more I get myself, the more I'm chasing away the wrong women. Yeah, that's what I used to say to myself, right? But in the last year, I started talking to those wrong women. And you know what? Yeah, they're not right to have a relationship with. A lot of them aren't. But a lot of them on human level, when I'm being myself and they're offended, and I keep being myself, they learn to be my friend. They say, that's very offensive. But then they keep being my friend. I realized I was a snowflake. See, I was telling in my mind, oh, they're snowflakes. But no, I'm one. Because everybody must love me. See, I realized that I can connect to anyone in a human level as long as I'm okay with some of them not liking me. But then you do that, they all start liking you a little bit or at least respecting you. You know? I just, I realized that there's this quote that says, like, you don't, like, I'm paraphrasing, but you don't win or lose ever in life. You're just always battling yourself. Mm. It's, that's what I realized. It's like, this whole year has been me learning that all my enemies were me. All the people holding me back were me. All the, things that I attribute to my father. Oh, my father said this that held me back. It's my father here. That other guy is just a guy who has insecurities and a limited thinking and a wife and kids, and he worked hard to educate them. And yeah, he says emotionally abusive things only if you're weak. If you're not weak, he's just a grown child. It doesn't matter. And I'm not going to hate him because hating him makes me hate myself because he is like me. And, you know, he's not important enough to make me hate myself. So when I talk to him, I just, see, I reached my mother's wisdom. I finally understood her. I thought he, she put up with him in some, because he's a great guy sometimes, but sometimes he's like, says stuff where I'm like, what, do you, what does she put up with that? But now I realize it doesn't affect her because she's miles stronger than him and just has more wisdom, more everything, understands life more than me. See, I thought because I read more books, I'm smarter than my mother or like more deep or like more, like I matter more because, you know, she... I, you know, I do comedy or this, but no, like I'm realizing more and more that I'm like, if I keep bettering myself all my life, maybe I'll be like her one day. And that's all that is.
you know. So you're close with your mother? Yeah, I'm close to my mother, but not because, oh, like, toxic, blah, blah, blah. I'm not close to her because one is close to their mother. I'm close to her because she's the kind of person that is actually great. You know what I mean? Mm. I sometimes say she's one of my best friends, but not because I'm a mama's boy, because she's the kind of person she is. If she was someone else's mother, I'd still want to be friends with her, which that doesn't happen much in Turkey, but... You know, that's why sometimes I like, I don't know, there's a lot of, you get to an age where you realize certain women that you thought were rejecting you at bars or blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not rejecting you. It's just you are approaching women the wrong way. Like, I met a couple at a bar the other day, and they were so intriguing. And I sat there. I used to like look at couples and be like, oh, they're already couples. That's worthless. I'm like, why? I had so much fun talking to them. I loved them. Met them right after the show at that bar. It's like, they were amazing. You know? I literally told them, I said, I'm going to have you guys in my life. And I fucking mean it. Like, I literally can't wait to start dating someone again, which I'm kind of dating, but not really. But... I can't wait to date someone really special soon so that I can take these this couple out on a double date. Like, I swear to you, I'm fantasizing about this couple. Not like sexually, like right. we should do trips together. And <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, that's cool, man. Like, that's... Is that weird? No. <laughs> okay. No, it's, um, it's interesting to think about, actually. Oh. Uh. You know, because it can be fun to do th- couple stuff, like you and yeah. your significant other. And um, I hope to go on a double date to- with you too. No, no, one exactly. Day. Oh, no, no. That, no, that's already written. <laughs> that's already written. That's already no, written. You, you felt their energy. You felt their presence. It's it's cool vibes. You're already my friend and I know Lauren stuff. I'm yeah, saying like yeah. this was a new people I met. And no, I, I that, that's why it's a funny story. Yeah. Me wanting to go on a double date with you is just you, us being friends. <laughs> that's uh, that, That's not weird. This is kind of weird. Because you just met them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. I've never really heard that before. Second date at first sight. (laughs) There's a double date at first sight or whatever. Yeah. And you know, you said something, and this is something I've been tackling lately is once you start to accept that everything is your fault or taking responsibility. But not fault. Well, whatever. They're just words, right? Like, <laughs> just throwing that right. Oh, you, 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 you. Okay, good. But, but you know what I mean. Like, not just complaining about everything and, oh, because this happened. All right, this happened. All right, this is what I'm going to do about it type yeah. of mentality. Uh, and shout out to Kelly Schwartz, uh, filmmaker in Vegas. He just posted a video and I loved it. He's like, no one is coming to save you. <laughs> I like Seriously, that. I don't like that. Even, yeah. <laughs> like as a filmmaker, as a co- anything, in anything, but like with what you do with comedy, the only person that's going to propel and promote your career right now yeah. is you, and going to care about it. Like that Harry Potter scene when he's waiting yeah. for his father, but it's actually him with a, you know, which one? The third one when he thinks his father is going to save him and Sirius Black. I I, va- I don't know that scene. That anyway, one. but yeah. it's like that. Yeah, nobody's going to come. Like. Nobody's going to be a savior of your cinema. Not even you. Mm-hmm. Your cinema is something that, like, the world, you told me that. And I've been actually telling people that. What? what That's how beautiful. 
the world does not want to be a wind under your wings. Like the world wants to fuck your dreams up. Uh, I don't know if I said it like that. Yeah. No, no, I, I, you know, whenever you say stuff, I'm like, okay, let's. This you is how I heard touch. it. Yeah. This is how I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the I. The world heard doesn't it. care. The world doesn't care. The world beyond caring yeah. cares about taking you the fuck down. Yeah. Dude, some people don't like my comedy, even if they laugh at it. Some people are like, I don't want to see this guy. He creates a whole mood. He doesn't just come and do comedy predictable thank you bye some people don't like it and i used to be like i have enemies now i'm like no it's just people Hmm. that's just how they are and that's beautiful see it's all me like thinking oh i need to be successful you know no i don't Mm -hmm. i don't owe the world anything the world owes nothing to me but i also don't owe the world anything i don't owe the world great cinema or great comedy that's why I go on stage, I say whatever the fuck I want to say. You know? That's why, like, I have a lot of material, but I don't decide which parts I'm going to do till 30 minutes before. Because then I'm like, what do I want to talk about right now? And I pick the ones I want to talk about. And I'll pick a joke or two that I know are definitely going to work so that if it all fails, I have two bits that killed. Mm-hmm. And then I go. And then if I have another idea when I'm up there, it's not even that I decide. It's like I automatically forget. To, like literally I forget. Is it on purpose? I don't know. But like if I don't want to do material at a given point, I literally forget the material. And then I have no choice but to do. Crazy. <laughs> wow. I love you doing crazy. It's fun to watch. You're great at it. Yeah, I like falling apart. <laughs> man, this has been this is this is a gift right here. You're a gift, man. Thank you. Dude, you're a gift, man. Like you're and, making uh, me talk and then feel productive. Like you're a magician. Um <laughs> well before you I I want to give you the last word, but before you do, where can people find your comedy and anything you want to promote? Where where should oh, okay. they Okay, uh, I have Orhun Comedy where I put videos every day. And I have Orhun Timur, O-R-H-U-N-T-I-M-U-R. That's my YouTube uh, channel. I also put a lot of videos there. And again, Orhun Comedy on TikTok. If you go to these places, uh, you'll get a lot of me there. And if you don't get sick of it, uh, it'll get better and better. Because I'm still putting stuff from like months ago. The new stuff, like I, I, it'll come up in like a month or two at least. So yeah, you're posting something almost every day, man. I have something so much. New. Yeah, and that's good. S- there's a lot of stuff there that are hilarious, but they're not good for internet. Like I'm afraid of what will happen, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm about to put them. <laughs> well, like we said in the beginning, man. Like the fans you're going to get are going to be diehard loyal fans, because you, you do, you do have that. Like, look, this is who I am. I don't care what you think about it. That's authenticity. People like that. See, that's the thing. Yeah. I do care. That's the sad part. I do care about what they think a little bit. But when I go on stage, like whoever I am there, mm-hmm. that guy doesn't care. Like I don't care that much either, obviously. But I only don't care because that guy up there didn't care and got laughs. Mm-hmm. And now I have to act like I'm proud of it. Like, But it's not acting anymore. Now I'm proud of You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why it's almost happened by accident. Because I almost was a 
I want to be big. I want to be like, but then it didn't let me because I was such a mess up there. But then that became something I was really proud of. But now, see, I can act and say, yeah, like I had dignity. I had artistic integrity. That's why I did it. But I didn't. I stumbled into it. And now I can't do anything else. Like I can't do straight comedy anymore. I just have to do me. <laughs> like, yeah, having integrity is important, but having no choice is like better. Mm. Almost. Is that good? Maybe I should have said I had integrity. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to leave us on? Uh, that was good. Yes. No, that was good. I see what you're <laughs> I don't. I don't even know, but. What, what final thought do you want to leave this round of the podcast on? It can be anything you want. I'll tell you this. There's a Biggie Smalls quote, Notorious B.I.G., uh, where he said, whether the game shakes me or breaks me, hope it makes me a better man. I think I want, by the time we meet next time, I hope I went in the right direction because last time we spoke, you know, I was in a good place. I was passionate about comedy, but like a lot of things I was doing was in the wrong direction. And I was doing, you know, I was not the right person. I was not putting myself out authentically. I was almost very entitled still. And I hope I go in the direction I am now and I hope I keep meeting wonderful people that I've been meeting recently. And, you know, man, people say great things about my comedy and they used to not say great things about my comedy. And when they didn't, I was almost like angry and I was like trying to prove myself. Now I'm realizing, yeah, I'm not like that good. Like I'm getting better, you know, because it almost humbled me that people like me because it removed the insecurity. And I realized that like, it's due to these people that I have something that I'm proud of because they kept supporting me, made me feel like I was valuable. You know, people like you, people like Ayana, you know, she saw so many comedy shows I did where like I was a little too vulgar, but now she was like, I know your heart. You have a good heart. That's what people say a lot about me when I say something messed up and the other person doesn't know me. They'll say he has a good heart. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, it's like, yeah, I think that's what I want is the next time we do this podcast in a year or two or whenever. I hope that I went in that direction. Hmm. Well, my friend, I think you're headed in a very good direction. I'm grateful for your friendship. Oh, same. And uh, man, I'm, I'm real glad I know you, man. It's yeah, really same, a blessing man, same. to have you in my life. So thank you. Thank you for coming on again. We'll do it again. <laughs> Love you, brother. Love you too. We'll do it again. Yeah. Thanks for checking out the Sam Dever podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you watch the podcast, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Sam Dever podcast.